0: Good evening and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Review of Chapters 26 through 34, Fighting Depression and Negativity. We have these handouts. Last week we went through the introduction and discussed about depression. And today we're going to continue on page two by dullness of the heart. I had the opportunity, just today, to share this in conversation. Someone was sharing with me how literally, how down they were. They were doing something so holy. Truly, truly holy. And at the holiest moment of it, you know, a really inappropriate thought came to their mind. And, um... They were just telling me how, how like, bad they feel about this. And it was it was... It was amazing to be able to... And I actually took out what we learned last week on page 2. We learned that if someone has exactly this scenario, evil thoughts during divine service, you know, they should draw fresh strength. Like when you're wrestling, right? At the last minute, right before... The, the person who's losing at the last minute is going to try to give whatever they can at the last moment. So in the, high, in the highest of times... When you have a negative thought, that doesn't mean you're losing, it means that your opponent is fighting hard. It's a powerful thought. And I know that person appreciated it. So we're talking about this constant fight. Within us there's two people. We have the evil inclination, the good inclination, and they're always fighting. And because of that, there's no no time to be lazy, to be down. Because the moment, the positive energy, the positive soul will get down. So that the evil soul will jump on it and say, here here I go, here's my chance. Mm-hmm. There's no place for sadness. That's what we discussed last week. Welcome back. Thank
1: you.
0: Today we're going to discuss dullness of the heart. What does dullness of the heart, timtum halev, mean? literally means you have a clogged heart. Your heart is clogged and things are not transferring from your brain to your heart. And if you look in footnote 9, the dullness of the heart, it means your thoughts are not creating emotions. And Daniel, he'll tell him, at the end of last class he asked a question, I told him we're going to answer it now. So I'm answering Daniel's question without him here, which is fine. <laughs> don't call. His question was, what happens to someone who understands, but they don't feel? I know this happens to me happens. It's, you really understand, I mean, well let's just take, we all understand sugar is not good for us, but we still eat sugar. Shmuel probably doesn't have an issue with sugar, right? Not, not. But some of us, we understand, maybe people understand smoking is bad for their lungs. We understand it, but we don't feel it. So how do we make sure that what we understand, we're able to feel? You with me, Mark? I'm with you. So here we're going to learn something that was taught in the heavenly yeshiva. There's not so much that we know that goes on in the heavenly yeshiva. But one item we know from the heavenly yeshiva is a quote on page 2. The advice given in the holy Zohar. What does the holy Zohar say? What does Kabbalah tell us? For someone that's heart is not being affected by their thoughts. A wooden beam that will not catch fire if you're, in, if you're out in the forest, or if you're in your fireplace, and you have a big, nice piece of wood that won't catch fire, what should you do? should be splintered. You should take it and cut it up into smaller pieces. I came to Mr. Mark's house and I see he's cutting wood. Right? If, you, if, you have a, if you have a big piece of wood, that's not cut, cut it thinner. Says the Zohar, that is the same thing with the soul and body. A body into which the light of the soul does not penetrate should be crushed. If you're trying to penetrate your soul, you're you're trying that your soul should penetrate the body but it's not working, we need to crush it. What does that mean? So here we're going to give, we're going to start off by sharing five thoughts a person could have to try and crush the animalistic soul. And by crushing the animalistic soul, the goal is that that should allow for the blockage that's stopping the brain from penetrating the heart to flow through. I mean, uh, this just to uh, try and. But
2: the concept of crushing the soul means to destroy it, doesn't it?
0: No.
3: No crushing the body. When no, you. Cr- crushing... No, cr- no, crush the, the crush. The I animal crush. The soul. Yeah, but when I, when the
2: word crushed to me is, means
0: destroyed. Are you destroying a beam of wood when you cut it into two pieces?
2: When I burn
4: it, I am.
0: When you burn it. Now we're not talking about burning it.
4: You're crushing it. I like the word splinter better Fine. than... And, and
0: that's fair. That, that's fair. I mean, this, the translation doesn't come across. Yeah. Okay, but, but the point is that we're not talking about destroying it. We're talking about splintering. We're talking about Making a dent and saying, relax, calm down. You're not exactly, you're not this haughty guy. Let's give these examples. For example, just think about how a human being has much worse potential than the greatest animal. Well, let's talk about the atom bomb. Uh, Is everyone here familiar with how the the, um, Nobel Peace Prize came about? How did the Nobel... The
2: dynamite yeah. guy. The dynamite guy, thank you.
0: One day this man wakes up and he sees his Alfred. obituary.
2: Alfred. Alfred,
0: Alfred, Alfred. Nobel? Nobel. Nobel, or Nobel. Nobel. He wakes up one day and he sees that he died. He reads all about his death in the local newspaper. They obviously, he didn't die. But they printed, they, someone, somehow they got information he died and they printed his obituary and it was all about how he created dynamite which is a method of destruction. And when he saw that, he's like, hey, one second. (laughs) When I really die, I want to have something much nicer to say about me. (laughs) And he created the Nobel Peace Prize. Think about how we as humans have ability to do things, much worse things than even the lowest of all low animals. Our poten- Now, of course, that comes with the flip side that our potential for the good is, is incredible. But for a moment, recognize that we have the ability for serious negative effects. That's point A. Something to kind of just keep us relaxed a little bit. Point two. If he calls to mind the contamination of his soul with the, th- with the sin of youth. If we think about how when we were younger, still immature, there was many things we did inappropriately that, I'm not talking for you, but, you know, some of us have done things inappropriately and we have what to rectify from our, from our past. Again, this is a second method of making that splintering, making that indent, keeping our animalistic soul calm. Third of all, I mean, this is just a crazy thing. Talking about taxes. Well, this is talking to you. Why is taxes so complicated? You have to try and figure everything out. Be the master of accountants. Be the master of accounts. Be the ultimate uh, accountant. Keeping a reckoning with his soul regarding all the thoughts, utterances and actions that have come and gone since he came into being. I <laughs> mean, just, just try. Try to think back from as far as you can go to every thought every speech, every action, whether they all came from the direction of holiness, is everything we've thought. has it all been holy? Has all of our speech been holy? Has all of our actions been holy? I don't know. I'm, I'm getting blank stares. I guess all of you are not familiar with the idea of sin and, and acting you're inappropriate. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> right. No. I, uh, but, you know, normal, some, sometimes, some people, they do things that uh, is not so appropriate. It,
2: do they know?
0: Well, let's, let's take the idea of, do they know? Well, let's, let's Give me, what's the question? What do you mean, do they know?
2: Well, do they know that they've been bad or committed sin or that they've committed a, a, some bad behavior or something? If that's their norm, how do they know that it's bad?
0: You have teenage daughters. Yeah. Daughters. yeah. Daughters. Well, okay. Well, so let's let's not I, let's just keep your daughter. Let's let's just talk for a second. Let's think about our teenage years. Oftentimes we do silly things, and maybe we got caught up in the moment, but we knew it was wrong. I'm
2: not talking about those. People. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the people that don't know that it's wrong, that have no conscience. The,
4: the, the chain, or, or, or just their culture brought them up in a way that they imitate their parents who are doing wrong or whatever. They don't understand that
0: they're doing wrong. I first need to say it's a funny story. I went to this parenting class on Sunday and they, they shared that there was, a, there was a child tattletaling another student. And the teacher said, go use your words. So this child goes to the other and starts cursing at the child. <laughs> <laughs> so now the teacher is even more upset. What are you doing? You told me to use my words, this is the way my parents talk to each other. <laughs> no, it, it's a truth, sure, this is true. It it's, unfortunately, it's true. You know, we have to sometimes, we have to model I'm or, or like share, because use your words, okay, I'll use, I'll use the words I know. So I, I appreciate exactly what you're saying. Um, People that know, don't know better, then this is not who we're referring to. Okay. Referring to people who know better. And this doesn't mean they're malicious and bad people, of course. We're talking about they're great people. Um, but sometimes we all, we, we all slip. We're human. Mm-hmm. So we're not here. Our goal now is not to try and tell you're a bad person. The goal, though, is to tell the animalistic soul, to tell yourself that... Let me take a, a, a moment's rest, relax, and try and hear what my brain is telling me. What's going on here? You're, you're not allowing your thoughts from your brain to enter your heart. So the goal here is to relax you for a minute and say, hey, calm down. Calm down. Breathe deeply. Think about what the situation. Recognize who you are and where things really are. And let's try and make this work.
3: So is the goal to somehow... Get rid of... Like if you're trying to get yourself to relax so that your brain can
0: connect to your heart? Is that, the the specific sickness we're talking about here is where your mind understands something but your heart is not able to feel that, mm-hmm. make a feeling out of that.
3: Okay.
0: So the is sharing, how do you... How can you correct that? How
3: do
0: you open the heart? That's through splintering the animalistic soul splintering it by either thinking about how the animalistic soul
3: um, the animal- has the
0: abilities to do worse than animals um, thinking about how the animalistic soul throughout your lifetime has brought you to sin really just think about how whether all of your thoughts speech and actions have been up to par
1: you're then, about meditation.
0: I just want to finish this. I'm sorry. No no. And
3: will that, that will free up your heart to be able to feel?
0: This will splinter the animalistic soul, which is stopping the heart from feeling. What's stopping your heart from your heart is pure. Your heart okay. what's stopping your heart is the animalistic soul. So by splintering it you're gonna allow the the brain out to connect with the heart. Okay. okay. Mark.
1: Like meditation in a way, is like a settle down. Shh. Let it kinda of go. Right. You
0: know. So that's a very deep part of the meditation, but here what we are saying to be is a step further. We need to crush. We need to splinter the animalistic soul. What the the blockage, it's not only it's it's about calming down but a step further, it's actually about breaking that blockage of the animalistic soul. How do you how do you splinter the animalistic soul to allow it? It's by thinking about how we have worse potential than animals, thinking about how we have sinned, allowing your animalistic soul to make room for that passage from the brain to the heart. So
2: this is situational.
0: One second, I just want to take a with a question here.
4: Oh, yeah. I was just going to try putting it in totally different words for a moment. In a sense, if you think about an animal, I think about like a cat playing with a mouse. And, and it's kind of barbaric in yeah, so yeah. and yet, if I raise myself up from that to the, the heart, the heart is filled with love and compassion. And so for me, raising the animal soul up into more of a humanness would be like taking a barbaric cat-like soul and raising it up with this love and compassion and, and having more love and compassion in the situation.
0: You're sharing to make the animalistic soul have more love and compassion,
4: right? Which, which to me, would bring more humanity into the.
0: To be clear, though, in Tanya, at this moment, we'll talk about. But at this moment, we're we're not talking about transforming the animalistic soul. We're actually trying to just make the animalistic soul make room to allow the message from the brain to get to the heart. Okay. Um,
1: Go ahead. My
2: turn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so is it situational? yes Okay. so something happens to me and at some point I get to choose how I respond mm-hmm. and the way I respond is if I'm connecting my, my heart to my brain I'm going to respond in a certain way versus if I don't I may get angry. I may mm-hmm. get violent. Um, there might be a, a, a certain part that I take if I'm not connect, if I'm not doing this mind heart connection,
3: because mm-hmm. the animals stick it out.
0: So naturally, right, your brain and your heart is connected. Yeah. And yes, if that's if you see that there's not there's a not full synchronization I don't know, you know mm-hmm. between the yeah. two, then that that's where this falls into place. Got it. Yeah.
2: So like what happened with Jonathan.
0: Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Mark, you want, so I
1: want to share?
0: I want to share the fourth detail of splintering the animal six soul, which is thinking about your dreams. This is quite a fascinating detail. If you remember the class, we learned that de- that dreams naturally when a person is sleeping their soul is elevated on high which should allow you to have holy dreams and if someone is not having holy dreams that actually means that the soul is not, there's something stopping the soul, something has happened that is not allowing the soul at night to go where it should. Now this happens to many of us. Again, we're not saying you're a bad person if you're not having holy dreams.
2: What is a holy dream?
0: What is holy dreams? Holy dreams are where
2: because I need to know
0: if I'm actually having <laughs> hat. Whatever is happening to you, you're good. You're good. <laughs>
3: Can you
0: have
3: Holy if you use a
1: CPAP machine? <laughs> if you want. Come on, oh, I'm
0: just oh. curious. It messes up your head. I mean, oh, it does? I didn't know that. The Holy... Can you have... <clears throat> I'm not familiar. Okay, I I'll So that's one method... Of stopping the blockage from the between the heart and mind is through splintering the animalistic soul by thinking of an item that really is just allowing you to understand what the animal soul has caused within you. The second method is to just scream at the animal soul. Quite a quite a fascinating this thing. Makes sense. Say to it, "You are truly." Let's let's look on page three. Crushing the animal th- soul through su- through thundering against it, say to it, the animal soul, you are truly, five expressions we're going to say, evil and wicked, abominable, loathsome, and disgraceful. Oh. How long will you conceal the light of the ain't so blessed is he? Just don't say like me. I'm saying like, like really mean it. Scream. If you're really upset, you're going to let it go. And, and again, that's a way to kind of um, subdue the animal soul to remove some of that blockage. How does that work though? And this is really a fascinating detail. In footnote 11, and this is something that we talk so much about. Hasidus is so strong about how a little light pushes away a lot of darkness. Darkness, and we'll see it inside, there is there is nothing, darkness is not an existence. It's just a lack of light. And this is something actually which, I don't know how science looks at it, and even within the Jewish world there's a discussion. Is darkness a creation or not? But here we're saying, Darkness is not a creation, darkness is a lack of light. Let's see that inside. A little light removes a lot of darkness. There is no when eleven. There is no substance whatsoever in the sitra akhara. Evil is does not is not an individual existence. Wherefore it is compared to darkness which has no substance whatsoever. And consequently is banished in the presence of light. Why is it that a little light pushes away a lot of darkness? If darkness is in existence and light is in existence, then relative to the power of light is how much darkness should be removed. But because darkness is not in existence, it's a lack of light, the moment you have light, it pushes away a lot of... Evil is not an individual item. It's it's a lack of goodness. Well, let's see it in the words of Tanya. Similarly, the sitra Akhara, which although it possesses abundant vitality whereby to animate all impure animals, although we see negativity in this world, nevertheless has no vitality of its own. God forbid! But derives it from the realm of holiness. Even evil and, and negativity, all of their energy has to come through holiness. How does it, Well, how could negativity? How could evil come from holiness? Well, it could try and pull from the back strings of holiness different ways that Kabbalah explains. But evil as an individual is not an existence, therefore it is completely nullified in the presence of holiness as darkness is nullified before a physical light. The, an incredible, incredible point, again, that evil is not an in individual existence, and therefore, when you come and you scream, and you really mean, like, you're telling the animal, so look, look, you don't belong here. You're, That itself is a method of removing this non-existence, this lack of light. Again, evil is a lack of light. Dr. Malov, how do you feel about this point? That evil is not, or darkness is not an individual existence, it's a lack of light. I find, it, I find it hard to accept. Why? Well, what's hard to accept about it?
5: Uh-oh.
0: No, 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 no <laughs> trouble. I, 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 I want to hear. <laughs>
5: So much that you see that is re- really, evil, and, and 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 just to say, well, it's just, it's not really there. It's really just a lack of light or the lack of goodness. But but if it's not really there, why is it doing all these horrible things? Great question. You know, what I
0: mean, it's, it's that's that's a good question. That's, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> we see evil existing. Mm. We see darkness existing. Yeah. It's a real existence, meaning darkness is really there. Okay, I appreciate that point. Dr. Malav is saying evil is here. We see it. So how can we say it doesn't exist? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, I apologize for saying it doesn't exist. I should use the words of Tanya. I should say it's not a substance of its own. Mm -hmm. It, It exists. But it exists when there's a lack of holiness. What we're learning here, thank you for pointing that out, is not that evil doesn't exist. Evil does exist. We see evil. But generally, it's a lack of holiness. It's like darkness. Dark Darkness is really here. But darkness is a lack of light. Thank you for pointing that out.
5: But, but does that, how does, I mean, I, I don't focus on darkness a lot, you know, because I'm not. But, but, if, I, but if I do, Uh, And I'm not sure how it would make the victim of the darkness feel any better if you told them, well, it's just lack of light. I'm not sure how it would help the victim of the darkness.
2: And do they know they're in the darkness? Oh, sure. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, No, I don't think they know they're in the darkness. A victim?
0: What's a victim of darkness, Doctor Maloff? What what would be an example? Well,
5: I mean, like a victim of the Holocaust, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For instance, right, or, or or something like
2: that. Um, um, oh, I was thinking about if the perpetrator was in the darkness. I was thinking of it from a different angle. Not the victim; the perpetrators mm-hmm. in the darkness. I think some perpetrators do, some don't. Well, yeah. I mean, some.
1: Something's wrong
0: with them yeah. You know, I, I want to bring us back because Dr. Malov put put us brought up a good point. I mean, and and just to ex- to share, this is a great conversation, and it's something that I'm hoping at some point to have an individual class about this point. How
4: mm-hmm.
0: how everything comes from Hashem, mm-hmm. and Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is in everything, and this is a question we al- we're always going to ask: How could good things happen to bad people? and and, and so I appreciate the point, Dr. Malov. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a conversation for another time. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But I still, am, I, I still would like to share that darkness in itself is not an individual substance. It is, number one, a lot of it has to do because there's a lack of light. And a little light could push away a lot of darkness. I mean, I'm, I'm not arguing with your point.
4: That goes a long way when you're talking about somebody in depression and using depression as when you're in depression, you're in a dark space. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can bring a little thought of holiness or light, it can make the depression go away. Just by giving somebody a different way of looking at something or or a different point of view, you can actually, so a little light can make a lot of darkness go away when you're talking depression as
0: well. I I love that. Thank you. Yes, Mark.
2: Mm, Totally, totally, I get that. My thing was the the darkness of evil bad people that live in the dark, they don't know they're in the dark because they don't know that they're evil. They're just evil people. We get evil people, leaders of the world. I mean, Hitler was an evil person, but I don't think he considered himself to be in the dark.
1: Not at all. Mm-hmm.
0: These are good questions for, mm-hmm. further, for further examination. I appreciate it.
4: <laughs> like, so, it, I, see your, I see your side of it, but I I'm, was I'm looking at it from a different angle. When you're talking about things like Hitler, and I'm not going to say too much, except I leave don't, I don't judgment totally to God. And I try not to judge people good or evil as much as just surrender
0: to God Let's jump to the third point because that's going to connect. So we're sharing here again how can we remove the animalistic soul's blockage from the heart to the mind and we said number one is through splintering the animal soul number two is by screaming at it and the third method is by humility. And this is a really unbelievable point. In Pirkei Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers, we learn, we're now in the third section on page three, Be of Humble Spirit. And be of Humble Spirit before every person. In Pirkei Avot, we say that every other individual and, and the, in the Tanya, we say we're not only talking about Jew, Jew and non-Jew, we need to be of a humble spirit before every, everyone else. How could that be? I, I know I'm a lot better than some. I mean, we all, like, oh, We're better than others right? (laughs) Says Tanya Let's take a second quote In Pirkei Avot (inaudible) Do never judge your friend Until you reach his place If you grew up Without a mother and father Or if you grew up in the home That he grew up in And you you were abused Like he was abused Maybe you would be much worse off than him We can't exactly to your point, that we we have no clue what's going on in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. So today, yes, today maybe you were righteous, and you went ahead and gave charity, and he went ahead and wasted his money on something. But relative, we never know. So be of humble spirit, and how can you be of humble spirit? By really thinking about this point, that we, that we have no clue where someone else is coming from. We may try, we may think we have a clue, but we don't really have a clue. Let's see this in, inside. Be of humble sp- spirit, fulfill the instruction of our rabbi, the blessed memory, and be humble of spirit before every person. How, through the instruction of our sages, do not judge your fellow man until you have stood in his place. And continues, everyone has a different physical and spiritual place. We cannot judge one until we are in their place. Even more, so continues Tanya. Ah, this is even more powerful. You think that you're better than that person because you gave a little charity. <laughs> you're much worse. Okay, no. You, are, you grew up in a fine house and you, thank God, you didn't starve. I don't know, whatever the situation is, each one of us. And still, you could be better. So you're the one who has to work on themselves. Don't go ahead and say, I just know it's funny. Like sometimes... I'll come to Shul, I'll come early. And I'm like, hey, I'm the first one here. And everyone else, they're late. Oh, they're, they're all... And then the one time I come late, I'm like, I know why I came late. I'm also righteous today for coming late. Right? And we we're able to judge everybody. But let's not judge. And if you're gonna judge, just know that you have yourself a lot to work on. That's what Tanya says. It's indeed a great and let me say the words we, we were discussing back then. Someone that is out, this was with the words, someone that's out in the marketplace and they're seeing all of these inappropriate things and they're able to contain themselves not to do a serious sin, they had within them a tough fight. Now you're going to call them a mundane person. They're a mundane person who has subdued a temptation of one of the, like the most Um, low sins but to Hashem that person is such a great person they had this fight within them and they were able to hold themselves back and are you exhibiting the same energy that they needed in your day to day life so when we see these people that are so to say out there, and they're still conducting themselves appropriately, they're working much, much harder than we. It is indeed a great and fierce struggle to break break one's passion, which burns like a fiery flame through fear of God. It's like an actual test. To go ahead and really contain ourselves, it's very tough. Therefore, each person according to his place and rank in the service of God must weigh and examine his position as to whether he is serving God in a manner commens- commensurate with the dimensions of such a fierce battle and death. Meaning, if we're going to go and jump on people who are, who are sinning these low sin, like these you know, inappropriate sins, let's just realize that they were in a tough scenario and what they've done and what we wanted from them was not was to be moral and stand up but remember that that you were asking them to have this intense fight within that that is what you were requesting now every moral person should be able to have such a no problem but you were requesting of them to have within be able to contain and have a tough fight are we having that same fight or are we just not putting ourselves out there in that in those scenarios let's just appreciate That within our lives, are we fighting as hard? Sometimes we're giving in to silly things. Are we any better off? So we gave... Does that make sense, Mr. Mark?
1: Well, it makes sense. It's hard to bring it into everyday life. I guess an example of walking... I go down to uh, Northwest, and I walk by this place where these guys, the homeless, are sitting around. I mean, the last couple of times I went down, these guys are shooting up. Now, what am I supposed to you know? I walk by them, I just think, you idiot. I mean, literally. Good looking kid, so on and so forth, and you are shooting up. And I mean, I understand it's a tough situation, blah, 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 but you're an idiot. And I feel like saying, you know what, why are you being such an idiot? And I think that's more compassionate than just walking by and ignoring it.
0: You think that's more compassionate? I do. Because but you're splitting
1: the wood? What's that? You're splitting the wood? You know, I, I'm giving my opinion. I'm not trying to say he's worth less,
0: but although it sounds that way, but maybe give him a thought. So, Mr. Mark, you, could I talk about this no, for a minute? Please. I'm, I'm going to pick on Mr. Mark. I, I think this is a no, great okay. example. This is a great example for us to talk about. You're on the street and you see someone doing some bad stuff. You know, they're not hurting anybody else. They're hurting, but they're they're truly hurting themselves, doing bad stuff. And First of all, you say what well, what was the wording you said like idiot idiot like like this is, this is could have used come on words. come on, this is like well what are you doing here? but I think we're, we have here a strong message I mean who who knows what happened to that child yesterday? could be he was beaten up, could be like and're and we're, we're not we're not making this up there's there's something that led him there
4: mm-hmm.
0: and Unfortunately, it could be something really serious. And so actually, we can't say we're better than that person. Who knows? Unfortunately, if we were, if we were in that person's shoes and had gone through the trials they went through, who knows? Maybe they're truly homeless. You know, who, who knows? Who knows? But
2: is what Mark says going to make a difference? And if it does, that's wonderful. So you, know, if not, you, didn't,
3: speak,
1: you didn't speak to the person. No, I felt like it, though. I just didn't because I felt, eh, it's not my place, I don't know, I don't really I have time for that. I a
4: real-life situation similar to that? I had a guy who was working with me who smoked a lot. And I suggested to him maybe he give up smoking. And he told me back that he had been in the, in the war and that the smoking that he was doing was basically calming him in a way that he didn't do violence that he would have done violence had he not quelled the urges by doing the smoking. And I thought that was a very interesting lesson to me. It's like, don't judge people because you don't know where they're coming from. So it's very pertinent to this conversation in some ways.
1: And, And to make it clear, I'm not trying to judge him. I've been in many places, I don't, you know, I'm just saying, you got life here. Let's why are you doing doing this in a way but more shocking saying, Why are you being an idiot?
5: Um, so in in Jewish law in, in Jewish courts, um, they um, I'm not sure they take into account the background or the, the person, right? They they, they have to have a certain number of witnesses, at least two and, and so on. But um, but if but basically I mean, there's a judgment made on the person in terms of the law, anyway. Um, um, and and I'm, not, I'm not sure that... Maybe it does, I don't know. But I, 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 I'm not sure if a Jewish judge or the court, the baked in, whatever, would take into account the, the background of the person yeah. who, who committed the crime.
0: So Dr. Malib is pointing out that the background of a person doesn't really matter in the judgment Just just to quickly jump on that and explain Something between them and God, which courts of law also judge it's, it greatly matters um, For example there's numerous things that if a person does, you can't trust them They can't be called up for an aliyah at the Torah um, and yet, today we say that people that are growing up, not knowing better, they're, it's, it's as if they've been captured and, and we still res, we still are able to interact with them. So things that are between you and God, we do actually greatly measure you by where you are and where you were. But you're talking about if someone went ahead and, and killed somebody else, we don't really take into account their history. That's what, that's what yeah, you're sharing. It's kind of like that, yeah. Let's say that's true. What's the connection to what we're learning now? Um,
5: well, but but here they say don't don't judge them. Uh, but yet the court judges them. I mean, maybe it's a different situation and, and so on. But but here it says don't don't judge them. Yet, I like that
0: question. How could you tell me it's like the parent drinking coke and telling his kid coke is bad for you? Don't drink it. I like it, I like. It. <coughs> How can you tell me not to judge if that's what they do in court? They go ahead and judge. Appreciate the question.
2: Well, their child is wearing a bicycle helmet, but they're not. Right.
0: Right. 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 That's a great, a great question. I'll, a few items. Number one is Dr. Malov. Good point. It is very important for we try as hard as we can to, to put ourselves as judges into the, to understand the person. That is an important detail. I'm just trying to think back about the rules of judging. But in this context, we're talking about saying that you're better than somebody else. Even a judge that goes ahead and gives a, a fine or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that they're saying they're better than that person. No, they're just... And that's in our context. Here we're saying... Don't go ahead and say you're better. Don't think, be of humble spirit. That's what the, how should be of humble spirit? Realize you don't, you can't judge someone. Judge someone meaning that they're worse than you. And in that context, judges generally aren't, shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be going ahead and saying, they're they're coming and saying this is the action and this is what needs to be done. Um, and I want to go back to Mr. Mark's example. I think it's, it's a great point. You go ahead and you see someone that's truly, they're hurting themselves. And so we are learning here we, that we need to try as hard as we can to, to love them.
1: Sure.
0: And... And, uh, and know that we're not any better than them. What we're going to learn soon in Tanya is that even even a person who you think is truly truly sinning, you still need to show them love. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting example, and it's one that it's hard to it's hard to make it happen. It's hard. Because I want to take the reason I love this example is because it's so real. It's a real life example. Yeah. Such a person, I'm just going to, I don't know the story, but such a person, if you're going to tell him, you know, you're a schmata, whatever you'll say.
1: Well, rephrase that. Why are you being an idiot? Right. No, no. Being an idiot is a lot different than you're an idiot. What's the
0: chances that you're going to be able to have an effect on him? I don't know. But what's your guess on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: Probably not. There's no way. No. Uh, I mean, very, 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 very. I'm
0: just going to flip it for a second. What would happen if you came and said, hey, I love you, my friend. What's going to happen then? It well, may be uncomfortable for you. Uh, I think...
2: Uh, Just don't say you're in love. <laughs> yeah, you've got to phrase that right, too. Uh,
1: <laughs> I would... Uh, I, I couldn't go down that route. That's not me. <laughs> I mean, I could say it.
0: Let's right,
1: right, right. not get too close. Well, to
0: no, me. I didn't mean love in that sense. I meant like I, I think... Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. You He took us in our arms. You can
1: practice on me if you want to, I love you. What did he
4: say? I know... <laughs> when you just said God loves you instead of I love you, that would, that would be a different message. I guess from my
1: own, own experience, that, that doesn't work for me. So I, I guess it wouldn't be something I could do to be successful Got it. at.
0: And by the way, i, I like
1: okay, a rougher, rougher crowd, I guess.
3: I can give an example if you want. I'm a physical therapist. So I work with many people that have been down and out. And have come from whether it's drug abuse or terrible 12 or whatever, and they come to my office. My job is to evaluate their ability to work. And they've really been in a bad way. And they're not helping themselves. And my only way that I could begin to make any sort of impact if I is if I come at them. And I couldn't have done this if I was twenty years younger. But now that you know I'm wiser, if I share with them in a compassionate way, ways that they can perhaps help themselves get a little stronger, a little bit more active, so it does improve their vocational ability, which is why they're in my office to begin with. Then I can make a little, bit, a little bit of an impact. But if I come across any other way, I'll never see them again. They'll never come back. And the only way I can make, I can touch them is if I really come with love. And I sometimes, because I read the history the night before and I pray on the way to my office, because I'm working, you know, help me be compassionate. Help me have love. Help me have patience because it is rough. It's rough. And I pray and I, shut my mouse off, because by turning my mouse on, it reminds me to say the Shema, when I flick over that switch. I do all these things, so it'll just get me in a space where I can do some good. And that's, look at this, you
5: know? So. I, I could say something here that may be relevant. So, <clears throat> there's such a thing as, as doctors firing patients, have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never done that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, where, where I used to work, you know, they, they say, well, this guy hasn't shown up for his last three appointments, blah, blah, mm-hmm. you know, he's not doing anything to tell them. And I said, well, okay, if you want to fire him, you know, the administrator, you do it, that's not my job, no, I'm not going to fire him. Because mm-hmm. you know, I, because I it's like I'm rejecting or right, I'm mm-hmm. turning away. Mm-hmm. But that's not. That's not what. So I mean, That's all. Mm. Uh,
0: that's a good example.
3: Know,
0: it's tough trying to apply this to real life. <laughs> 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 nobody's perfect. <nobody's>
3: pro- <laughs>
4: that's right. <funny. laughs> but the only way we can do good is to. What I do yes. is to get rid of that. It, it is turn things around as a doctor a little bit and put it back on them and say, Look, you can do what you want. It's not going to affect my life. It's not going to affect me. I'm here to give you advice and you get to ch- choose whether you take it or not. And the fact that you came in, I'm just giving you advice, but you know, <laughs> then it's their choice.
0: So let's put this all together. We started off asking when a person is having a challenge, having his feelings and his, the, the thoughts in his mind transferred to his heart, what can be done? We said, you need to splinter the animalistic soul. How could that be done? Through one of three methods we shared. Whether it's through splintering the animalistic soul by thinking about how it has lower, how it has lower potential, how the sins that we've done when we were younger, thinking about all the thoughts, speech and action we've had, our dreams, that was one method. Second of all, screaming at it, literally. And third of all, by being of humble spirit, recognizing that we, when we understand how we've come to be here today, everyone else, we don't know their story. And we really need to appreciate everyone on a higher level. For us, I, we, we know how we came here. And not only that, but because we know how we came here, think about are we really investing the energy that we want other people to invest? So can I pick on your story for one more second? Go. Are we investing the energy? We want someone to stop doing something that's going to take them a lot, a lot, a lot of hard self-discipline. We're asking them something tough. Are we investing that same energy into our life, into our holiness? And, and, and we're talking on very mundane things. Are we getting up on time? Are we, are we getting up early to daven? Are we going to make sure that when we see, see our spouse, when we see someone else, are we really giving them a nice hello? Are we, are we in our life, are we applying that energy we want from others? That's a deep thought. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated all of that sharing tonight. Thank you. (laughs) Made it real. Have a good night. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.